Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 6th of August, 2015, and uh, we are deep in the weeds of summer, slow down, silly season. <laughs> I don't know, Dave. Oh, well, by the way, this is, you know, in case you're interested, Ginger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Stock Internet Marketing. The show's Webcology, and today we're going to talk about... Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it, it was a slow week. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, you know, but as I guess, you know what? All things are relative, right? Like in most niches and most industries, um, the week we've had, it would be considered slow. You know what? If we were doing a radio show in almost any other industry, there'd be like this a ton to talk about. Um, yeah. The, the stuff that, uh, that tend to go on. But you brought up a really, really great point. I'm going to let you share it. Um, exactly how slow it is relative to the industry we're in uh, with an article by, got to mention him on the show. By Barry Barry Schwartz and uh, Yo Barry with like the greatest, greatest and deepest admiration. Um, This week was so slow that an article like the one that got published uh, yesterday in Search Engine Land got out. Article Panda 4.2 FAQs. We interviewed Google on the latest Panda update. And uh, just the too long, didn't read version is. So there you go. Um, <laughs> that was the too long, didn't read version. <laughs> um, so an article gets published on Panda 4.2, and everybody's interested in Panda. Um, you got to be interested in Panda because that's the only major ranking. Uh, Shake up, you can put your finger on happening at Google right about now. That at least something that might have penalized what you or your client, and it's all going so slow. <laughs> um, one you know, more something thing's I, gonna I, go slower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the co- a couple neat things that did come out of it, and and I find it interesting, especially because we were talking about this exact thing, and it turns out, you know what? It's from Google. Um, it's, uh, you know, uh, a week or two after, uh, after we were chatting about it and Hey, high five, uh, Jim to you and I, we were, we were pretty much spot on. No surprise there. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our listeners are probably used to that. It's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they were talking about, uh, or, or one of the questions, why do some of my pages drop? Not, not others. Um, again, because some of them may be impacted at different times during the rollout, and it's a very slow rollout. We were talking about that relative to another, you know, interesting. I don't know. I was going to say more interesting, but you know, interesting article confirmations. Uh, you know, can be interesting as well. But uh, from again, Mr. Barry Schwartz. So that's two times on the show. I need to. We need to have like impression. Like we need to charge by impression for that guy. Um, I need to get like that music that we had before. The music. We need to get that back again. Um, so it is rolling out and that definitely was shown in his metrics, right? That showed a a climb in time. So it's, it's a slow rollout even on pages of your site. Um, and then, but I thought it was site wide. Um, they did confirm it is a site wide action. 
but it may not impact all pages at the same time. To me, uh, that's where – actually, you know what? I, I, I'm going to call it. I, I was kind of wrong. Um, you know, on, on the last one, it, the rollout is going page by page. I thought perhaps they were, they were tweaking it up a little bit to go you know, actually page by page um, and, and apply it. Um, doesn't look like, according to them, take it for what you will, uh, doesn't look like that's what's happening and that it is a domain-based – um, algorithmic sort of condition. Um, the person who's probably happiest while he was writing that is Barry because he's seeing upward trends as more and more pages um, are getting rolled uh, and affected by Panda. Um, so he's got to be sitting there going, fantastic. But uh, like, then that trend's going to keep going up. My problem with the article, though, is it's mostly stuff that we've already known. It's yeah. stuff that isn't, there's no new news here. But there's, I mean, like, <laughs> I love this, the second last paragraph. How will you know, how will I know if I've escaped Panda? Well, according to Google, if you're hit by this update, you'll have to wait several months till the entire rollout is done. But, 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 but wait, because you'll have to wait until Google does the next update, which is going to happen sometime in, uh, you know, 2016. <laughs> so <laughs> here's the updated information on um, Panda 4.2. We're going to have to wait several months, and then you'll have to wait again just to be sure. But but it gets better. <laughs> I almost feel like Rachel Maddow at this point. Eh? But it gets better. Um, <laughs> the last paragraph on advice on how you should improve your website. Google harkens back to advice given in 2011. <laughs> like, 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 um, yeah. So there you go, friends. What's really happened here is um, Google has painted, like, black splotches on a white sloth and called it a panda. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's, that's, that's what I got for the show. That, that's really the biggest thing that happened this week was uh, nothing. All right, Brasco, can we get the hook music? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's not entirely true, but I mean, like, seriously, what do you have to sh- Is it me, or um, is, like, Google just, um, I, don't, I don't want to use the word broken, but overwhelmed, maybe? Yeah. You know what? I know you and I both sympathize with both sides of the equation, right? Like, both of us have been doing this long enough to understand where Google's at. I mean, let, let's be honest, Jim. We, we were, okay, I'll, I'll claim me. I'm not going to paint you with the same brushes as I'm going to paint myself. Going back about a decade, I was part of the problem <laughs> that Google's addressing. I, I know this. Um, and so I helped create the environment they're in now. I'm certainly not the last um, in there and more and more websites out there, um, you know, and, and more and more webmasters all, all vying for the same position and willing to do it at, at almost any cost. I can't blame them. They've got a lot more data, a lot more signals they have to deal with, and a user base that isn't as patient as we were 10 years ago, right? We would look at a few different results. Maybe Google itself is getting lost in the data, in, in having so much data. I was thinking of trying to make a joke, well, this wouldn't have happened while Marissa was around. <laughs> but, I mean, she's got her own problems to deal with, which we might be able to get to because there was a little bit of Yahoo News. But when Marissa was around, they didn't have access to as much data or historic or new data as, as they do now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe Google is getting lost in its own jambalaya 
of comparative data. Um, heck, I don't know what else to say. But this is um, this is I, 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 this is beyond reason. It really is, and and you know what? We've all been there. Like I, I know I can on, on on a site. Um, looking into their analytics, you always end up asking yourself whether you're doing an audit or just looking at your clients, right? You're like, how deep do I go into the analytics where either I'm getting diminishing returns or I'm getting frozen by the fact that I, I now have too much data and I, I can't figure – there's so many directions that I could go, right? You know, sort of analysis paralysis, right? You're, you're spending so much time analyzing something that you're not actually just doing your job. Well, um, you know, you, indeed, you've got to wonder – Sorry? Sorry, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You got to wonder how, where they go. Like, I mean, find me somebody who has more data than they, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty convinced Google has more data to deal with than the government does, right? So. To, to, to use your example, like when you're looking at a client site or even a set of client sites, those are individual balls of string. And they may be like very com- complicated balls of string, but they're unique and individual. You can separate them and all that, all that sort of stuff. Google, on the other hand, has to look at the panoply of balls of string, which are all unique and separatable, but they're looking at a hell of a lot more. And all right. those strings interlink with each other, interact with each other, um, which actually kind of brings us to the next, uh, next story. Greg right. Sterling published, again, in Search Engine Land yesterday, that, remember, you know, the, the how Mobilegeddon was thought to be this, you know, the... This was going to be the date, April 21st. Boom, Mobilegeddon kicks in. And everybody <laughs> yep. was just so disappointed at the, you know, the grounds didn't open up and there wasn't, like, you know, blood raining from the sky and stuff like that. <laughs> well, as it turns out, there was. But it was a slow bleed. And people didn't, uh, people didn't notice until recently. But a study uh, that was, again, written up by Greg Sterling in Search Engine Land yesterday... Uh, non-mobile friendly sites disappearing from top Google results totally backs again to 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 to, uh, to, to seize on Dave's humble brag. We were right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's the webcology humble brag. We were right. <laughs> A whole bunch of non-mobile friendly sites are now disappearing from the uh, top ten. So Google is holding true to its pledge that um, mobile sites will be promoted over non-mobile friendly sites, even in desktop search, um, and that as a quality signal, being desktop mobile slash mobile capable, you know, all things being equal, the mobile site will win out over the non-mobile site, much like the HTTPS site will win out over the non-secured site. Um, the cascade result of Mobilegeddon is really starting to show now. It definitely is. Now, I guess there's there's two sides to the you know that we have to have to also consider here. One, of course, is um, that there are more mobile sites into the top ten. Is it that there are mobile site people who were delayed didn't hit that twenty first date, mm-hmm. you know, have been scrambling since, um, and you know have have deployed. So it, it could be that it's the same site there. They've just managed to finally catch up, you know, a couple months late and and get their get their mobile site out there. Um, right. I 
which you know that that'll be a segment. I also like to to thank you know the, the smart folks over there at Google. As more, if you made a slight change and got people just a little more familiar with mobile, and then amped it up a little bit more, then amped it up a little bit more, just increasing this factor ever so slowly. Um, eventually, you will train your users to have a strong, strong preference. So when you do end up having to pull. Uh, most of the non-mobile sites out, you've basically already got them preconditioned to not want to see that anyway. Whereas if you did it overnight, there'd be sites people would expect to see that they may be frustrated aren't there. Now you've conditioned us to all want a mobile site. Um, and so if we hit that site, even if we might have wanted it and it's not mobile, um, you know, we, we, would, we would view it as a disservice. So I, I do view a, a part of Google may have been training us and sort of slowly moving that bar up over and over again, making us more and more conditioned to want something and then continuing to give us more and more of it. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a, good, uh, a good drug dealer. So, so if Pavlovian could be like the ringing of a bell making the dog salivate, Pagelovian could be sort of like <laughs> the um, frog in boiling water sort of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that was that was great. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna remember that one. Um, so yeah, and I mean it's it's nothing too uh, nothing. Well, I mean some of it's pretty pretty dramatic. I love the way people uh, people show graphs. Or I'm looking at the graphs and, and highly recommend it. Head on over to Search Engine Land. It is uh, it is a good piece, and there's some nice graphs um, to actually show the the impact. But um, always interesting in graphs. You've seen it. I've seen it, and it's it's quite quite interesting where you, you a change will look massively dramatic and then you realize oh it's starting from 65 percent going to 85 right it's not starting. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it looks like this massive drop but it's actually only like a 10 percent drop it just looks like it's about 70 um which is good i mean that's that's good reporting and uh, and makes for some good infographics so it is well, not surprisingly their retail was the one to, to really push makes sense because if i were google i'd be looking at retail first because if i'm on mobile um, and I'm, I'm looking for a product, I better be able to buy it and I better be able to buy it easy. So it makes sense. And plus retailers are, are the ones really, really fighting all the time for conversion. So it makes sense. That they were, uh, you know, sort of the highest, um, you know, group. There, there is an irony in transportation being the lowest in, in, in the mobile world. <laughs> I think you're on the go. Yeah, I know that that is, I, I guess the thing is you shouldn't be on your mobile phone while you're in your car. So a lot of those transportation people are, uh, are not there, but you know what? There's there's some that are are kind of curious, like travel and hospitality. Like, really, if I run a, a travel site or a hotel, you need to be over there. But again, we're looking at a graph that starts at sixty and goes to sixty five. It looks a lot lower on this graph itself. Actually, it's only a five percent difference between the two. Indeed. <laughs> so. But 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 you know what? The importance of of being prepared for uh, or being ready to service people in the mobile environment is, is clear. Um, again, according to the study uh, conducted by uh, MoveWeb, 81% of the time the top result is a mobile-friendly result. And page one, the top 10, 77%, or, you know, 7.7 out of 10 are mobile-friendly results. So if you want to be on front page, you got to be ready for the small screen or you're likely not going to get that traffic. And, and David, like I was going to say earlier, um, being in the top three results gives you such a significant advantage, even over the, even over the, the other seven, that if you're, you know, if you're not, if you're not doing everything you can possibly do to get your client there, um, well, the client's got the wrong service provider. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, indeed. And you know what? At the end, like we all we're all fighting, right? Like in everybody. I mean, there's the you know you and I, Jim. We get along really well. But if we had a you know a client in the same industry, we we'd we'd be competing. We'd still get along. But yep. <laughs> you know, we we'd be battling it out in this constant battle where we're fighting over fractions of percents, right? I mean, we're dealing with hundreds of different signals divided into thousands of different permutations. We're fighting over fractions. Um, when you deal with a fraction, like having a mobile website, um, and and the increased conversions you can get when you're in this battle. I mean, come on, if you're if you're not in mobile yet, I I, I don't even know what to tell you. Well, won't be a lot to tell because that person won't be around for long. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes. Okay, speaking of not around for long, we got to go away for about two minutes because uh, we got to take a break here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. So it's the 6th of August, 2015. Uh, you listen to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Over there is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and sitting right here is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around. Back in a few minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 6th of August, 2015. One week into the last week of warm summer. Um, <laughs> summer's almost gone, kids. Remember, get outside and enjoy it while you can. I never do, so I have to live through you. So, I, in, we're, Dave and I are up here in Canada, and as uh, astute listeners might know, A, an election is on, and B, um, I get all amped up about this sort of thing. So imagine my surprise this morning when... Uh, when I turned on my uh, information retrieval device, my computer, and, you know, went to uh, Facebook and saw that one of the candidates, uh, our current prime minister, Stephen Harper, was promising to not tax Netflix like the other guys are talking about. 
So there you go, Dave. Um, no Netflix tax from Stephen Harper. But the funny thing is, the other guys weren't talking about it. No one's been talking about a Netflix tax until the prime minister came and said he wasn't going to impose one like the other guys would. Yeah, I mean, you, you've, you've worked and done some work in politics. I've, I've done some work in politics. Uh, we all know how to word things. You, know, you, you, you got to kind of call out on that one. But I, I'm sure you've done that, that crafting of language. Um, you know, oh, heck, I can think of the uh, arrested development like a frozen banana that won't kill you, right? Like where you're doing this like I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying <laughs> that I'm not. And you can imply that they they may, um, you know, smart enough wording, but um, for for somebody who keeps putting his his foot in his mouth, and anyhow, I don't care what side of the equ- equation you're on here, <laughs> uh, like like you know by by your voting pattern, um, you know, he's, he's saying some some not bright thing. He's the Donald Trump of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He's also our acting prime minister. Um, but here's the thing. When a politician says something like that, it's often to see what's going to happen as much as, uh, it, in this case, a sting on, quote-unquote, the other guys. Right. Um, so watch for that, friends. If you're up here in Canada, watch for, watch for some government, provincial or, uh, or federal, floating a Netflix tax sooner than later. It's, uh, it's now part of the political discourse. And, again, for the record, no one else was talking about it until... That guy put it on the table. So, right. And realistically, here we are dealing with a like who, who's going to. We are dealing with a tax that would add 40 cents a month <laughs> to the coffers, right? Like to the federal, the, the federal coffers if you, if you were charging GST on it. Um, so, come on. Who, who's going to, who's going to, they're all going to come out and say, yeah, no, I won't um, because it's, it's 40 cents. <laughs> I can apparently this is a big issue. So you'll go, yeah, no, I'll just charge 0.001% higher in, in some other area and, and, and get it anyway. I, I think it's just silly. But um, you know what? Silliness wins, wins elections sometimes. So it does. Buckle up. And uh, okay. Sometimes silliness leads the news cycle as well. Remember, uh, jumped into the show saying, man, this has been a slow news week. Mm hmm. Well, we're lucky. We only have to do this once a week. So if we have a slow news week, we only got to like deal with an hour's worth of like ragging the puck. Could you imagine yep. being a columnist in, uh, you know, a, 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 a major, uh, a major highly competitive space like say TechCrunch or VentureBeat, Business Insider, something like that? Ugh. You got to milk something magic out of a slow news day. Every day of your life, we only got we we have a whole seven days to milk something out of. These guys <laughs> got to do it, and so these guys, in this case, uh, Mark Sullivan from VentureBeat, who I think started the dance on this one, are now talking about this uh, Facebook uh, patent that is designed to help lenders discriminate against borrowers based on the credit scores and you know credibility of their friendship, their friends in social media. You'd see that story? Yeah, I did. Here's the uh, thing about... Oh, sorry? Go ahead. Well, here's the thing about that story. It's not true. <laughs> yes, it could be used this way. And yes, to receive the patent on the method, 
Facebook had to write it up as if they were going to, as if they, you know, Facebook had to write it up. And if read on face value, it looks like Facebook is, you know, trying to, uh, 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 you know, sell your history to, and your friends' histories to all your lenders and creditors and such. That's not true. It's not, they're not doing that. That's only one of the things that they could do with a technology that they're actually trying to use to prevent people from spamming each other if they're not actually legitimately connected. That's what the technology is actually for. But it could be used to do this, that, or whatever. doesn't mean that Facebook is doing that. Right. And you know what? I, I think that's a, a really, really important distinction. And it, it's funny you mentioned because I was just writing about a different patent on, on Google's part just a, a couple days ago. Um, and it's really, really important to remember about patents. There's a variety of reasons that you can want to patent something. I mean, one of them is clearly um, to utilize it. Um, another one is to stop other people from utilizing it. <laughs> like going, well, yeah. I, I don't have a use for this, but I want to make sure my competitors can't, or I can't use this right now, but I might want to, you know, five years from now. So let's, let's lock this thing down now. Um, and there is just in, in the case here, um, what we're looking at is it's a system and a method broad reaching. This is, as you perfectly point out, uh, this is one of the things that it can do, but it's not what the patent um, is specifically you know, about like it's 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 yeah. not the only thing this patent is built for. Um, so it, it's it's unfortunate when those sort of things ha- happen and, and how you spin it. And let's be honest, we all you know we're marketers enough to to know that you know you sometimes title and, and write things to get clicks and shares. Like you, you yeah. do, it's our job. Um, yeah. You certainly did a good job. You know, we chatted about it. I shared that story, and you know, we we've all yeah. done it. But, uh, but it concerned um, me so much, I looked into it. Yeah. And as it turns out, Facebook has zero intention of using it in that in that way. So yeah, at the end, the actual patent is titled just for our listeners' sake: authorization and authentication based on an individual's social network. Like, and that that pretty much gets into the abstract. You're right; it's not about what they're saying; it's about. But um, you know what? They they probably did pretty good on the uh, on the shares of that page. So think of all the think of all the people who've like. Thinking, you know, you got to go through your friends list and decide. Well, you know, Martin did borrow that money off me three three years ago and never paid me back. Unfriend, right? <laughs> you know? Well, I know that uh, Jay and Lois are having trouble with their mortgage. Unfriend. <laughs> you know? Just in for a world of hurt at that point. That's not happening, friends. You don't got to do that. Another patent, I mean, like, uh, one that, that, that I said you were writing about I found really interesting, the uh, one from Google, email spam and junk mail as a vendor reliability signal. Yeah. It's an interesting idea that they can't – I mean, we can all see so many possible holes in this. Um, but the patent itself, I, I get why somebody somewhere over at Google, it, it hit them. Um, the idea basically is taking your email or, or using um, you know, sort of multiple email signals um, and using them to determine the validity and, and trustability of a vendor. So if you see a, a lot of spam from vendor X – um, you know, and Google's seeing a lot of vendor X in multiple spam inbox or, you know, multiple spam boxes. 
taking from that that vendor X uh, may not be a reliable source. Um, and it's even included in the patent, you know, and this, you know, can then spread out into other areas, shopping engines and, and things like that. So it actually could have an impact uh, much broader than just email, uh, according to this patent. Um, again, we have to say, like, I can, I can already, you know, any of the, the sort of black hat SEO friends I, I have who may have also read the patent, uh, you know, assuming they went, oh, patents are necessarily something that they're going to do. I could just see them all typing up those emails, including their competitors in them and blasting it out to lists <laughs> of 50 million, right? <laughs> like, it's not going to work that way <laughs> for one. Um, so don't just just don't because I don't, I don't need more spam in my inbox. I, I, I'm good. I'm covered. Um, but, uh, but it was an interesting idea. And to me, the, the more interesting concept um, that we have here, I mean, that in and of itself is a unique concept. Obviously, it, it doesn't make sense really to, to deploy it. They may you know, find ways, and you know I know. They, they've got you know, thousands of doctors of computer engineering there that know a lot more about than I do about how you would possibly actually still extract these signals from there and, and make use of them and, and sort of filter out potential spam abuse. Um, but what's int- more interesting to me from this is the principle um, of what they're, what they're looking at here is we're seeing this now tie outside of things we would consider to be traditional SEO signals, right? They're moving outside this realm of things we would normally think about. Um, well, well as, as, indeed, indeed, I agree with you. Like, like you know, um, scanning through presumably uh, uh, an email network run through Gmail um, to see who's sending what and who is reliable or not. Yeah, that, that's outside of on-page or off-page signals. It's kind of tangential to them, like, you know, in a different basket. But it seems like a, like a natch, uh, a natural way of thinking. If they're, you know, behaving badly in the realm of email, there's a good chance they're behaving badly online Indeed. or on, 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 on in their website and their web interaction with, uh, with, with potential clients. But what gets me is... This was only filed for in uh, on March seventh, twenty twelve. It was granted and published on July thirtieth, twenty fifteen. So you know, in the last two weeks, but or in the last week actually. But like, it was only filed on March seventh, twenty twelve. And these are the smartest kids in the room. <laughs> what took them so long to come to this? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I get to forgive them on that only because and it's happened to you. It's happened to me. I'll bet it's happened to every one of our listeners where, heck, you're just doing a audit on a website or looking through somebody's analytics or looking through their localization profile or something. And you're like, oh, you're kidding me. I've never done that before. Right. Or like, I didn't even think of that. Well, we've been in this industry for like a decade. Right. And you'll just hit something or you'll read something somebody's done. and You go. Oh my goodness! How did I not see that use for keyword research or um, you know something like that? So I have a hunch it probably was one of those. We've been collecting emails for years, and we've been filtering spam for years. Why have we not done this? Like some smart kid in the room going, "Really, really? No, nobody's done this, right? <laughs> None of us have done this." Um, and, and sort of looking at it, you're, you're totally right. Like you'd think they'd have been doing this ages ago, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously we we see a world of deployment. I mean, you you think um, negative link building was a uh, was a recipe for disaster and, and abuse to the hilt. Um, you know, you can just see that this one would just be completely like taken out verbatim. It would be absolutely a, a, a nightmare for them to try and filter through. Um, but 
um, the knowledge and the confirmation, hey, they're using your email and potentially using it not just for ads, like to display ads, like they're reading them and not necessarily just to display ads. They're obviously looking at other uses for it. Okay, there's something. Um, and and the idea of taking these these signals from things outside of the the normal realm of um, you know web trust that we we think about and now pulling in other signals you know we need to start thinking taking that past email which is obviously too easy to abuse but you know taking it past that and go okay or looking at email in other factors hey can I can I start sending trust signals in the emails you know what if I have email exchanges um, you know with with highly trustable sources what if I have email exchanges with Matt Cuts right like okay if they're scanning my email for trust what are they doing with that. Well, check this out. I mean, like, I, I was going through the stats of, of one of our clients, you know, trying to uh, – I was actually looking for the, the effect of social media on heavy news days. Uh, I have a client who publishes a lot of information about uh, Microsoft and Windows. Obviously, this is a heavy news period because of the release of Windows 10. Right. So, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what articles are, you know, getting good play at Facebook or Twitter or Reddit or whatever. Um what days are they getting good play? How's the most traffic being driven? Are there, you know, the myriad of questions you, you have to ask when, when looking through social results. And um, though it's not a social result, the newsletter that they publish daily, a, a, a synopsis or recap of the day's news, much like uh, Search Engine Land will publish, that's... Uh, larger traffic driver than all social channels put together. Which is good. You know, yeah. so that's exactly what their users have been trained to do over the years. But it, I, 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 we're getting, or my client is getting a really good open and return rate on those emails. That email blast drives people to the website, which on a cost per impression basis is a good thing. I'm really hoping Google doesn't just look at emails going out. I'm hoping they look at the the respondent's interaction with that email. Like you asked, can you put a quality signal in the email itself? Um, if they're just being deleted or ignored, well, that's a signal. But if they're being interacted with, then clearly the the recipient wants that wants and values that email. Right. Uh, and again, to to reiterate, like just because it's always important, because we like to put these like notes on it. You mentioned it about the Facebook patent. I mentioned yep. it on this one. It's a patent. Doesn't mean they're doing it, um, but it's certainly something to to give us pause um, and know that hey, they are uh, they are looking at stuff like this. And you know what? Speaking of that Facebook post, I decided to to take a minute while we were we were going through here, um, and you know, pull up Ahrefs. It was just the first one. Could have pulled up Majestic or Moz, but I pulled up Ahrefs just to take a look at. Hey, how's that article going for them? <laughs> <laughs> so we we have over five thousand likes, uh, two point one thousand or uh, yeah, two point one thousand uh, tweets, um, three point seven thousand Facebook shares, four forty Google pluses, eight thirty nine LinkedIn shares, and and we all know that uh, the Ahrefs, Majestic, whatever link tool you're using, we all know there's there's a significant time lag on when a link is built and when they're gone. They've already found 163 backlinks from 56 domains. That's this successful. Is for that VentureBeat article. That's just that VentureBeat article from two days ago. And this is how quickly something not entirely true spreads around the internet. <laughs> what was it Mark Twain said? Uh, 
Lies, damn lies, and statistics. <laughs> or even better, a lie will spread. A lie will spread around the world while the truth is still getting its britches on. Oh, okay. I got to remember that one. Did not I'm know that. Pretty one. sure that was Mark Twain. Not positive. You, you got to look at. You got to look it up. But I'm sure that was Mark Twain. Uh, lest I be spreading. Uh, uh, yes, on the internet, eh? <laughs> In which case, that quote is traveling the world. <laughs> Doesn't Google have an algorithm for that? Didn't they, didn't they impress us a few months ago with their Veritas algorithm? Already scared the living heck out of Fox News? <laughs> okay, you know what? It's 20 to the hour. We should take a break. We want to come back and uh, talk about... Uh, there was something we were going to talk about. I know it. Talk about stuff. Oh, um, algorithms and elections. Uh, how Google's search algorithm could steal or heavily influence the, pre- the presidency, and how um, you know search is influencing the uh, the uh, bare knuckles Canadian election. But we can't talk about that until we take this, these commercial breaks here on Webcology. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Misak Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You listen to Webcology on Webmaster Radio FM. It's the 6th of August, 2015. Stick around. Uh, More coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio. T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. 
commercial's off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 6th of August, 2015. And, uh... Like I said earlier, it's been a slow news week in search. Um, so that sort of leaves what do people do with search instead of what does search do with you? Um, if, it's, uh, if it's all right, I'd like to – there's just a, a couple shout-outs I'd like to give just while we're, while we're yeah. starting this segment. Um, one, you know what? Two weeks in a row. He's a great guy. Um, I, I'd like to, uh, to do a quote uh, from our friend Joe Hall. Hey, yeah, another another quote. Uh, great one, uh, great one from Twitter. Um, his quote is, um, "That's because he's a cokehead." Um, <laughs> this is actually a response uh, to uh, some some obscure news that I, I can't believe was actually news: the Kermit and Miss Piggy breakup. Um, and it, it was about uh, somebody. One of his friends had commented that Miss Piggy should date Animal <laughs> because he's. Uh, no other relationships, and Joe had said that's why he uh, he shouldn't. But on uh, on more uh, more important news related to Joe, because you know I like a little tongue in cheek. Um, but I did not know this. He's going to be talking uh, technical SEO for e commerce at PubCon. Really, right on. Uh, yeah, he is, and that uh, you know, kudos to him. Great spot. Uh, great, great for PubCon to uh, have grabbed him on it. And uh, for all of our listeners going to uh, PubCon, definitely one you don't want to miss. I got, I got to tell you. Nobody, but nobody was reporting on the fact that Joe Hall is not an asshole, except us. We were the first. <laughs> we, we, we scooped everyone on that one. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm completely pleased that he's going to be like uh, speaking at PubCon. And anyone who gets a chance to, um, to meet or hear uh, Joe Hall, you're in for a hell of a treat. Awesome. Um, I, I'm also going to give a hat tip. Uh, to our, uh, our a listener of our show, uh, Mr. Steve, Se- Steve Seeley, uh, who is, is kind of poking uh, at Matt Cutts and uh, uh, and has asked, told me she's on our show. <laughs> is, uh, is well, is Cutts moving when you poke at him? Like, um... <laughs> you know what? That was that was uh, I was like a day ago. I, I haven't heard. I, I did respond and say he's welcome anytime. Let's be honest. We'd do a special show at three o'clock in the morning if we had Cuts on. Absolutely. Poke uh, him with a bigger stick. See if he moves. <laughs> you know what? I'll just start sending out auto tweets. <laughs> That'll work. Oh, that might be a trust signal. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. Be careful on that one. Um, you installed Windows 10 last week, right? I did. I've got it. Uh, I don't. I had run the beta um, ages ago. I've now got it running on my laptop. Um, I don't have it running on my desktop yet, but that's only. I, I love it. Love it, love it. Um, I just haven't because I've had some massive, massive crawlers um, running off uh, off my desktop right now, just pulling in a, a massive amount of data. And you know what? When it's uh, days in, you don't want to stop it. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Um, so yeah, I do. Um, all my kids um, do as well. Mary does. Um, we're all we're all over. It is a far, far, far superior. Couple glitches um, in a few little programs. Um, one I'll, I'll note because a lot of our listeners probably use it. If you use Himachi, um, it's going to have problems with the tunnel. All you need to do is reinstall Himachi. So, and, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners use it. Um, I use it all the time. Um, so anybody who hits that problem, it's not a big problem. You haven't lost access to, to networks that you need to connect to through Himachi. 
Um, you just need to reinstall it, and it works like a charm. A couple other little glitches just with, uh, you know, where uh, drivers weren't quite working until you updated them and things like that. But um, other than that, it's awesome, and it, it brings back – it basically is a brilliant hybrid um, between Windows 7, Windows 8, um, and it's nice to have it live now because I can confirm, you know, that it wasn't just in beta. It, it's a brilliant combination. Um, has sort of the the speed and a lot of the great functions from Windows 8 they were trying to bring in and then pulls back things like our start menu that, you know, we, we wanted on the desktop. It makes sense. Um, so it's it's back now. And uh, and so we can have sort of the, the experience they wanted to give us with the interface we wanted them to give it to us in. That's a great way to describe it. Um, people had some serious concerns about privacy and uh, Windows 10. Oh, yeah, I locked mine down. Sorry, that's a good thing to mention. <laughs> Although, reality, a lot of the stuff that Windows 10 is doing is stuff that Google Services is doing and the stuff that Facebook is doing. Yeah, their problem is Microsoft has to be in your face about it because <laughs> it's an operating system. Well, yeah, indeed. Um, and they have to do it all at once. Yeah. Uh, indeed. So you get all these messages. Do you want to? Do you want to? Will you give access? Will you give access? Do you want to? Yeah. Um, I haven't installed it yet. So, but I have to. I mean, like, I got to do it sooner than later, right? Right. Uh, yeah. For listeners out there, any uh, you had you had your problem with Hamachi, but was there any no other stumbles, no other weirdness? No other. Just uh, just the standard any um, operating system upgrade, right? I had like a. My laptop was using a, an older um, video driver. I'd never updated it. Like, it had never sent a request for update, probably because I didn't have Windows 10 yet. <laughs> um, so right after install, um, there were a couple pop-ups sort of going, hey, you know, we're missing this DLL or, or whatnot. Um, in one of them, it didn't actually tell me what that DLL was for, right? And I couldn't make it out. So I had to, you know, just go. The, the machine still works, you know, just punch it in if it wasn't easier well if it doesn't you got bigger problems but um you know just fire it into a browser unless it's your browser's dll try a different browser um everything was maintained all the passwords all the like anything that i was maintaining like i used like just a global password to unlock all my other passwords i'm sure you do too we all got to whack passwords um so you know all those things were saving browser history was uh was saving all of that sort of stuff so yeah it was a, a pretty much a seamless um transition took a little longer than i thought for uh for my machine to do it that might have been my machine or it might just be it was doing a lot of work and i got to forgive it for taking like i'm saying a lot it took like an hour <laughs> like I, I was expecting it to be a little faster than that because a clean install of windows 10 was was um extremely fast but uh, the upgrade wasn't quite as fast um it didn't uh, didn't have a lot of that bulkiness that uh that the you know previous transitions um have had you know where it starts to really bog down other comp- you know parts of your machine and other processes i've run a lot of stuff on my machine on my laptop since then from spreadsheets to browsers to tools to this or that um no uh no lag on any of them it's you know i'm watching the you know, sort of task manager watching the processes and stuff. Um, it, they you know, credit where it's due. I, I picked on Microsoft a lot when Windows 8 came out because I hated it and had to install Classic Shell to sort of function in it again. Um, but with this one, they they I, I'm sure I'll discover little hiccups as I go along. The, the further along I get, or something I don't quite like. But out of the box, it's uh, I, I'm I'm pretty impressed with the, what they've produced. I don't use all the things in it. Uh, one of the neat things for those who who may know, if you use their browser, 
um, you actually, and, and I knew this was coming anyway, but um, you can actually just go paint on it basically and you can start to like highlight text, paint right on it and then save it as a picture to send. Like how handy oh, is that? Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. So you don't have to do the sprint screen or, you know, install, uh, you know, I use, I use plugins to like save as an image or whatnot. Um, really, really handy little feature that they've got now. And yeah, it's, it's, if you can't tell, I'm like, I'm not a Microsoft fanboy by any wild stretch of the imagination, but let's be honest, the price was right. (laughs) Um, and the product was good. They, I think they've done a good job with this one of winning back the people they might've lost. Um, on Windows 8, good for them for giving it out for free because I think a lot of people wouldn't have reinvested in them um, mm-hmm. after after you know that or certainly not as fast after after the problems they hit. Um, and, and there's a, a good merging of all their different technologies from Xbox to uh, to tablets to your desktop. To, you know, I can see how they're still going to manage to keep a, a similar experience for all their different users, uh, but managing to recognize that I am on my desktop right now. And there's a reason why the layout is the way it is. Now, I don't know if it's I refuse to move from it because it's been working that way for, I don't know, since I was on like an Apple back in high school. So, you know, like the core layout's about the same. Um, so I, I don't you know, know whether it's my resistance or, or whether it actually just is that the layout um, that Windows has been working with right back to, um, you know, 95 or, you know, even 3.1. Um, if that's the best layout or if I'm just accustomed to that layout, but they're giving it to me back and I think the users are, are going to reward them for it. I think it was a great call on their part. I think they're going to win us all back. You know, from, uh, a, from, from, a, from a user safety or user security uh, con, uh, perspective, the steering wheel in a car should be perched about 20 feet high and you should have to <laughs> climb a ladder to get to it. But that would be impractical and you'd have a hard time with bridges. So they right. don't do that. Same thing with the Windows interface. Um, one thing you will want to do, I guess, just as a word of the wise, and you already touched on it, Jim, um, is as you're doing it, yeah, there's they are asking for all the permissions. They're not just, you know, and then you can go in and, and look up, and there's there's some other settings you can change. I won't get into them, but um, they're they're pretty good on that. They're like, will you let us do this? Will you let us do this? They're keeping it all pretty clear what they're using it for, much like an app install on your phone. Right? They're pretty clear on what they're using it for. Um, if you don't want it, don't. If you do, well. You're losing a bit of privacy, but we're all doing that every day, and we're just, you know, go through it, decide what you want to give and what you don't, and uh, and make sure you are actually reading it. Don't just check all the boxes and go, yes, actually understand what you're doing for everything you do. Um, but other than that, they're, they're being pretty transparent on it, as, as transparent as, you know, maybe they could be. A uh, great article by Jennifer Slag from a few days ago. Um, so you can go over to the SEM post where she talks about how you can tell what they're doing and, and some different bandwidth uses. And it, it caps much higher than Windows 8 did. So they're doing something with that. And she, she talks about that. So something that people should read about and, uh, and get a good feel for. Way cool. Okay. We only got a couple minutes left. So let's play a game. All right. Open, open Google in any web browser you got. Got it. I pretty much always have one open. <laughs> okay. Type in Stephen Harper is space. Stephen Harper is the Prime Minister of Canada and one of three uh, candidates running, uh, well, one of three major candidates uh, who will be, you know, Prime Minister after October 19th, after our election. So what I got with auto with uh, autofill is Stephen Harper is awesome, Stephen Harper is a tyrant, Stephen Harper is a lump, and Stephen Harper is the Prime Minister. One or more of those statements might be true. What, what did you get? From your I got the exact same thing. 
Okay, just for fun, let's try another candidate. Justin Trudeau is... Whoa, nothing. That's what I'm getting. No autofill whatsoever. Justin Trudeau is boring. Thomas <laughs> Montclair. <laughs> okay. Thomas Montclair is married. Thomas Montclair is a separatist. Thomas Montclair is a socialist. Two of those statements might be correct. Um, so I found that interesting. The uh, story that we want to talk about is how Google or perceptions made through search could actually change the course of an election. Yeah, isn't it's that amazing, interesting? The information, the images, or whatever come up when you do a search for these guys, eh? Yeah, it really is. And and I highly recommend if if you're interested, you know what? Not even in politics, just on the impact Google can have. The article and and you it's through is over at Wired.com. Just want to make sure we get that in so people can go read it. It is really really interesting information on. Yeah, just their algorithm will dictate what you see. And there's a lot of people on the fence, like a lot, especially if well, I won't even say it. I was going to say, especially in the United States, there the elections are much closer between the winner and the loser. Um, so, you know, the like three person, let's say it's three person, if three percent of the population doesn't know what they're doing, that's a, a massive three. These are the three <laughs> percent. Like this is a massive three percent. Um, but, you know, even even here um, where, you know, we, we do have bigger discrepancies, but. What shows up to your undecided voters? Well, here, here, here's something worth looking at. You know how Google has the one box that has, like, just, you know, extraneous information that they pull from other websites? Mm-hmm. At the bottom of that, they have people also search for. In the case of Stephen Harper, I'm oh, sorry, in the case of Justin Trudeau, they have people searching for his father, Pierre Trudeau, the Prime Minister, Stephen Harper, his opponent, uh, one of his opponents, his other opponent, uh, Thomas Mulcair, his mother, Margaret Trudeau, and his spouse. When I go to Stephen Harper, we have, again, uh, Stephen Harper's uh, opponents, okay, Justin Trudeau and Thomas Mulcair. Mm-hmm. When I go to Thomas Mulcair, on the other hand, his opponents don't actually show up in the one box underneath. Other aspects of the political party he represents show up i find that very telling but it, so it certainly is telling you something about something. what his searchers are doing uh, well, what yeah, people, when people search for the, the the prime minister or the liberal leader they're searching for they then search for other stuff when they search for the current front runner the ndp leader they search for more stuff about the ndp platform it's it would seem yep I think that's really cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, friends, um, that's our hook music. I guess we have to go now. Um, listen to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Search Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. It's August the 6th, 2015. There's amazing stuff coming up on webmasterradio.fm after the news. So stay tuned, and we'll be back with Webcology this time next week.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.